0: Dear respected brothers and sisters, a significant part of the Holy Quran consists of stories about the prophets and their tribes. It is not a coincidence that the verses in this context were generally revealed during the Meccan period. By giving examples from past tribes, the main goal is above all to combat the false beliefs that were dominant in the society at that time and to establish true belief. These narratives are also aimed at giving patience, resistance, consolation and moral to the Prophet and his companions who were under oppression and persecution because our Prophet also encountered difficulties similar to previous Prophets with his own people. It is instructive that when we read the stories of the Prophets, we witness that although they were God's chosen messengers, they faced various tests and difficulties in their mission. Let us remember Nuh, Ibrahim, Yaqub, or Musa all of them were subjected to the most difficult and severe tests that a human being can face. It should not be forgotten that they were, after all, human beings. Glory be to my Lord, I am nothing, but a human messenger. وَمَا جَعَلْنَاهُمْ جَسَدًا لَا يَأْكُلُونَ الطَّعَامِ وَمَا كَانُوا خَالِدِينَ We did not make them such bodies that ate no food, nor were they immortal. In the Holy Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has presented their exemplary life to us in their most human and natural aspects. For example, Prophet Nuh. Very few people believed in Nuh, who devoted his life to calling people to the right path. His wife and son, his closest relatives, also perished because of their denial. Let us think for a moment. How great is the test of a prophet who is constantly subjected to the oppression of his people? and is about to witness the drowning of his own son. Prophet Yusuf, a difficult test that starts in the well and continues with slavery and dungeon. Let us remember Ibrahim and Ismail Absolute submission of father and son to their Lord. Think of a father who is willing to sacrifice his son for the sake of the Lord. Think of a son who is willing to die by surrendering to his Lord without hesitation. It is significant in this sense that Prophet Yunus left his people in sadness and anger when his people did not believe in him and that Prophet Isa Needed the help of the apostles in his mission in conveying divine message. Undoubtedly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give information about the prophets in the Quran in vain. By the command, remember, in, found in many verses, he reminds our Prophet والسلام, of his bond with the previous prophets. We know that. No prophet was welcomed by his people. The Quran informs us that all prophets were despised and oppressed. However, they showed patience, turned to their Lord, and Allah's help came immediately. Ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised them victory. وَلَقَدْ كُذِّبَتْ مِّنْ قَبْلِكَ فَصَبَرُوا عَلَى مَا كُذِّبُوا وَأُذُوا حَتَّى Indeed, messengers before you were rejected, but patiently endured rejection and persecution until our help came to them. But are the verses that convey the Prophet's struggle for Tawheed and clearly remind us that they were also human beings, historical anecdotes that concern only the Prophet and his companions? Do these narratives bring about a transformation and renewal in our lives, as we are indirect recipients of the Revelation? The prophetic stories certainly tell us something today. The stories of prophets deserve to be contemplated over as much, for example, contemplating over legal verses. Dear brothers and sisters, remembering the prophets is more than a mental exercise. We should know that all their words and actions have content that will make positive contributions to our spiritual world. In the person of our Prophet والسلام, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to remember all these prophets and to take them as role models, to become better believers. Their lives and the difficult tests they face are part of life itself. The lessons and wisdom we have learned from their lives should today transform into a positive and constructive value that produces sincerity and morality, both in our personal and social lives and in our relationship with God. Stories about the prophets are actually a means to further reinforce our commitment to the principle of Tawheed in the struggle between right and wrong that will exist throughout human history. In this context, the Qur'an speaks of a Prophet who is reported to have faced similar tests, but whose name is mentioned in the Qur'an just a few times. Prophet Ilyas, وَإِنَّ إِلْيَاسَ لَمِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ Ilyas was indeed one of the messengers Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala guided him to the right path, just like other messengers. وَزَكَرِيَّا Wa وَإِلْيَاسِ Kullum مِّنَ الصَّالِحِينَ Zakariya, Yahya, Isa and Ilyas, every one of them was righteous. The Quranic knowledge about Prophet Ilyas is extremely limited, but the message given is profound. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to remember the Prophet Ilyas with goodness, because there are features in his his life that are worth remembering. Prophet Ilyas lived with people dominated by superstitious, superstitious beliefs. As stated in the verse I read at the beginning, his people were worshiping a being they considered secondary, but supreme, that is a false god called Baal, instead of Allah, the only creator. Prophet Elias, who tried to put an end to, his, to this false belief, asked them a question and invited them to use their minds and interrogate their false beliefs. The most significant Quranic information regarding his life and his divine duty is found in the following these verses. Remember when he said to his people, will you not fear Allah? Do you invoke Baal and ignore the best of the creators, Allah, your Lord and the Lord of your forefathers? Even these few verses contain intense meanings for for us. Prophet Ilyas wanted them to think about their own creation and thus turn to their true creator. He reminded them that servitude and invocation must be done only to the absolute creator. He stated that their current beliefs were a deviation from the religion of their ancestors who believed in one God and encouraged them to reflect on this. In this way, Prophet Ilyas hoped that they would be able to fully appreciate Allah, the Lord of everything again. Undoubtedly, these verses remind us of the following. It is a believer's greatest responsibilities to keep alive the principle of Tawheed, not to contaminate it with other beliefs, not to seek help other than the one God, and to keep hope and motivation spiritually in achieving Allah's pleasure and eternal salvation by remembering the difficult life of prophets. However, it is possible to understand more more closely how hard, tiring, and valuable Prophet Ilyas's duty of conveying was. The verse mentions the idol Baal. What is the feature of this idol? What did Baal mean to people of Prophet Ilyas? When we learn this, it will be better understood how difficult yet sacred and vital the duty that Prophet Elias received from God was. The Jewish holy book mentions that not only the Prophet Elias, but also many other prophets fought against false beliefs based on the idol called Baal to which sacrifices were made and that they invited their societies to submit to the one and almighty creator. However, it is obvious that the hardest effort in this long struggle for monotheism was made by the prophet Elias. On the other hand, in some ancient texts found in archeological excav- excavations in the Ugarit region of Syria in the first half of the 20th century, it is mentioned Baal as a supreme being worshiped by region communities. This so-called God corresponds to the idol accepted by Prophet Ilyas's people in the Quran. Accordingly, in the eyes of those who believe in Baal, he was a quite functional deity who rules the earth and is busy with daily affairs. When people who believe in him asked for rain, abundance and blessings and in their daily needs, they did not invoke their only and omnipotent Lord but instead to the various deities, first of all to Baal. When we look at it from the eyes of the deniers, Just as the people of Ibrahim took care of their traditional idols, just as the polytheists of Mecca took care of Lat, Manat, and Uzza, the region's people, including the people of Prophet Ilyas, regarded the idol as a source of life and a guide and attributed a central role to Baal in their life. We understand that the people of Prophet Elias, who turned away from their Lord, sought help from the so-called God Baal, whom they believed that he brings abundance to the earth and the soil and eventually life. The idol they called Baal was accepted by the people of Elias as the most important reference and superior power that determined their way of life. That's why an opposition to their deity was a revolt against their established traditions, which they had inherited directly from their ancestors and held sacred. Through some ancient documents that offer information about Baal worship, it was seen more clearly that the wrong belief that Prophet Elias tried to destroy was not a mental heresy or depression seen in just a few individuals or groups, but a religion that permeated the life of the entire tribe, the religion of Baal. His people had acquired Baal and the beliefs and rituals based on it a way of life. A religion. Just like in the struggle of Prophet Musa against Pharaoh, Prophet Ilyas almost encountered an institutionalized pagan religion. He had to fulfill his divine mission against an extremely stubborn people with their special priests, places and rituals based on offering sacrifices to Baal and some heretical behavior, such as enduring themselves for their false god. Now let us think about how big and difficult this task was. In the face of this belief, which was almost the official creed of the kingdom and society of the period, Prophet Ilyas tried to convert his people to Tawheed in the true sense, with courage, he shouted that the source of rain, fertility, and all blessings is not Baal, but only the one Lord who does not have any equal and is omnipotent. He reminded them again that the only being to be prayed to, invoked to, and supplicated to was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not share his power with anything. As a result, according to the information given by the Quran, his people accused him of lie- lying and did not believe in him. Undoubtedly, it is not possible to describe the sadness and disappointment of this rejection for a person, even, even if he is a prophet. However, Prophet Ilyas fulfilled his duty of conveying the divine message properly as well as, as well as all the other messengers because their duty was only to warn. Guidance and misguidance were in the hands of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. We understand from the following verse how valuable the struggle for Tawheed waged by Prophet Ilyas was. And that Allah subhanahu wa taala was pleased with him. We let him be praised by succeeding generations. Peace be upon Ilyas. And Allah subhanahu wa taala declares that He will reward the good people. In كَذَلِكَ نَجْزِي الْمُحْسِنِينَ this is how we reward those who are good in their deeds. Prophet Ilyas was undoubtedly a prophet of Islam like other prophets. He has surrendered to his Lord with all his being. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala states that Prophet Ilyas was one of his believing servants, a mu'min. Innahu min 'ibadin al-mu'minin. He was truly one of our faithful servants. Dear brothers and sisters, let us not forget that we have the same title as Prophet Ilyas and other, other, other prophets, the title of Mu'min. Let us exhibit a similar monotheistic stance in our lives under all circumstances. Let us remember them not only with our language, but with our attitudes and behaviors let their struggle patience and submission inspire us thus let us hope to attain allah's approval and reward amen ala inna ahsana al-kalam wa ablagha al-nizam kalam allah al-malik al-aziz al-allam kama qala allah tabaarak wa ta'ala fi al-kalam wa itha qira'a al-quran fastami'u wa ansitu la'allakum turhamun